Welcome to Future Creators. I'm Robert Brathe. And I'm Francis McInerney. Future Creators, that's future-creators.com, is a self-directed, self-paced program for C-level executives who want to scale their companies profitably in our Zettabyte era. Francis is Managing Director of Future Creators, and today we're going to talk about what it takes to have M&A success. Welcome, Francis. Hey, welcome, Robert. So uh, our topic for today is, is one that's very compelling, given that uh, it seems like every day there seems to be a new merger and acquisition story out there. Uh, and uh, today's topic, uh, information surface and mergers and acquisitions. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the information service and uh, maybe introduce that, uh, what that actually means uh, to people who might be listening for the first time. Well, this is the scary proposition for most people uh, running companies. If you're a CEO and you don't get how information surfaces are created, the risks to you of losing uh, not only just your shirt, but your shareholders' shirts as well when you do a bad deal are enormous. First of all, it's important to understand that 99% of CEOs are convinced that you do a deal so you can acquire scale. And we we say, no, 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 no. At Future Creators, we have looked deeply into the structure of the cloud. And the first thing we did was to observe that the cloud is not a stationary thing. The cloud inflates, and it inflates at an immensely high rate. What you have are the number of devices on the cloud, and they are increasing exponentially, times the power, and we know the Moore curve doubles power roughly every 18 months for every device. That's growing exponentially. Times the number of apps on the cloud growing also exponentially. So this thing is exploding. And that caused us to start asking questions about the subsidiary dimensions of the cloud. And we identified three. The first is the membrane. That's what we call the dimension. The app membrane. That's the membrane on which all the apps float, if you like. And the interesting thing about it, and we've developed a whole set of rules at Future Creators for the uh, operation and management of these membranes, is that everything on the app membrane is indifferent to anything else. It doesn't matter whether it's a game you're playing or whether it's a medical procedure. It's just an app. So this app membrane is enormous, powerful, flexible, but strong. The second membrane is the app enablement membrane. That's anything, and it doesn't matter whether it's your smartphone, your car, or for that matter, uh, a shale oil rig. That in Anything that enables an app is on the app enablement membrane, and again, you see the indifference of one thing to the other on this powerful membrane. And finally, the third membrane is the app delivery membrane. That's anything that connects the other two and which is able to handle the exponential increase in bandwidth that the other two unleash. Now, this is where it gets interesting for CEOs. If you look at the combination of these membranes, you'll notice that they intersect. These membranes intersect. And these intersections are where smart companies like Apple have long since figured out uh, how and where you make money. So all Apple does is manage to the, these uh, intersections. It identifies the most profitable, gets there first, and locks them up. Now, the next thing that jumped out at us when we began to understand this three-dimensional space 
of cloud membranes is that the combination is creating a surface. That's the information surface. And not only that, this information surface is inflating at the rate of cloud inflation with the numbers that I just mentioned. Now you begin to see, okay, it's the information surface that drives scale. You can't just go out and buy scale. You can't just go to your investment banker who wouldn't know anything about any of this anyway and say, oh, please buy me some scale, fill up a few of the blanks in our business model. Uh, that's not going to happen. So what we've then gone and done is looked at mismatched information surfaces. Or guess what? You get CEOs out there who try to combine small information surfaces. Well, what do you get? A small information surface. And when you don't have the scale elements built onto your information surface, there's no point in doing anything. We've seen uh, some examples of uh, this, these uh, joining up of smaller information services with uh, you know, Compaq, H HP, Sears, uh, and, and very often these companies die. Uh, what, uh, what's so appealing for these companies that, uh, that have made this mistake, uh, that have gone into it thinking it wasn't a, uh, a mistake? You know, I call it ignorance. You've got CEOs who just don't understand what's going on. They often are sitting like at Compaq, right in the dead center of the industry. And they go and, uh, as Compaq did, bought a company with a way, way smaller information surface deck. And, of course, died uh, and were thrown into the arms of Hewlett-Packard, which also died. It's subsequently been broken up, I think, three times. So uh, ignorance is what does it. You know, we are living in a world where CEOs just haven't studied this stuff. They don't know it. They're not familiar with the data. They're not familiar with cloud dynamics. They're not in any way familiar with what will happen to them if they don't manage this process with tremendous care and understanding. Very often, uh, these these mismatches uh, will result in really the, the worst performing of the two ending up being the company that... Uh, that has the greatest effect on 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 the uh, the transaction. So, uh, when it comes to doing due diligence, where are really these symmetries uh, that that need to be found? You know, what are the key competencies or the key areas of a company uh, that you really need to look at and do do your due diligence on? Well, you've raised a phenomenally important point. You've pointed out something that at Future Creators we have seen now for nearly 20 years, which is that the worst performing of the two ends up dominating the resulting company. So uh, that's what happened at Compaq. Uh, it happened at Hewlett Packard. It happened at Sears. And what ends up coming to the fore is that the kinds of due diligence questions you have to ask cover a much broader space than classic due diligence. Classic due diligence says we look at the company we're going to acquire, we look at their rates of return, their market share, and so on. What we have when we're looking at information surfaces is the requirement that you look not just at uh, some key data. We have velocities of information at future creators that are critical, and those have to be symmetric, but also organization. 
problem with an information surface is that it dictates how your company will be organized. You do not dictate to the information surface. Many Japanese companies, for example, quite happily design themselves and then uh, sail into the information surface world and die and don't understand why. Strategic human resources. If you're going to exploit an information surface and merge with someone else, you have to have a strategic HR and the capability of understanding someone else's. The amount of work you'll have to do in your supply chain, your customer relations management, and, oh, the big one, your ERP. So many companies, they just don't have the ERP for this. They stumble then when they make a deal to acquire the combined ERP. is just a mess and it takes years to solve. R&D. You know, if you're acquiring a company whose R&D is not designed to inflate their information surface, um, you're making a big mistake. Manufacturing symmetries. These are getting very deep into a company's operation and are far deeper than your typical in, uh, investment banker due diligence. Sales. What about the structure of the sales operations in an information surface world? Information surface provides every single monetizable opportunity, all the best market opportunities you will ever see. So if you have a sales operation that doesn't know how to exploit that, or a marketing operation that doesn't understand the buying motivations of people in that world, you cannot merge companies. It will not happen. You are flying straight into a disaster, and CEOs have to learn this. It's vital to them. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's monetizable on the information surface. And, and it, we know Apple has done very well and scaled very fast. So how can companies take advantage of really uh, uh, the cloud-inflated information surface? Well, let's take Walmart, which is one of my favorite examples. Walmart, about 25 years ago, pioneered the use of information in running retail. And as we all know, Amazon has gone a step further by creating a completely cloud-driven surface. So where Walmart used uh, IT to manage its distribution system, eliminate a lot of trucks, distribution centers, and so on, and eliminate huge amounts of inventory. So a Walmart store has a fraction of the inventory of a competitor and much higher sales. Um, the Amazon service when it came on using direct purchasing across the cloud, altered the structure of delivery and used direct cloud interfaces for customers. Walmart could very easily blow Amazon out of the water by one simple thing. It turns out that something like 90% of all Americans live within 15 minutes of a Walmart. 90% live within 15 minutes. Now, the old-fashioned way of looking at this would be to say, oh, well, that means all those folks can drive to Walmart. Future creators looks at it the other way around and says, if all those Walmarts are really distribution centers within 15 minutes of all Americans, well, that means that Walmart can go to you. And Walmart can reach you in 15 minutes. Amazon cannot reach you in 15 minutes no matter what Amazon wants to do. There's just no way. So Walmart is in a position to outflank Amazon big time by turning its enormous retail investment into, in effect, a warehouse investment. And by doing that, turning everything on its head, you could have a company like Walmart, because it is so well-established in the IT world, immediately jump on Amazon's head and uh, 
steal a march, frankly, and be very successful into the bargain. Fantastic. Uh, for extra guidance on this topic, we suggest you join Future Creators, uh, where you can look at some of our foundation series, which includes the Cloud Membrane series, the Information Surface series, Information Velocity Mapping, Cloud Inflation and You, and the purpose of ERP. Uh, as well, you'll be able to find, as a member of future-creators.com, case studies on Apple, Walmart, Sears, and IBM, and a variety of other companies. Thanks, Francis, for all your insights today. Thanks, Robert. Talk to you soon. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.